actually, and uh, I've come to the end of that fast uh, here uh, about a week ago. But um, just really talking to God about some directional things that I felt like he was doing. You know, when, when you need answers from the Lord, you can't do business as usual, and you shouldn't. You should change some things in your life. Give up a meal, do some praying, spend extra time in prayer. Are you all here? And uh, I mean, I just had some things that I needed some answers about. I needed God to talk to me and give me direction. And I can't say that like all of a sudden a voice from heaven opened up and started talking to me because uh, that's not what happened. But God began to just, to, you know, uh, many times for the believer, the way God moves is in impressions. You know, just that you begin to think something you normally wouldn't think. You begin to, it begins to become more real to you. It becomes more like, I need to do this. And you know that it's, it's something you couldn't have come up with on your own. It's out of, you know, it's not in your character normally to have things like that. And God begins to open up things. So if you've got something in your life right now that you're really wondering about, what do I do? Where am I going? How am I going to handle this? One is, let me just challenge you to make sure you're spending some extra time in your fasting and your prayer. Don't just say, well, Lord, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing, and you just get a hold of me when you have time, okay? It doesn't work that way, and uh, you have to set aside the time to seek the Lord, to talk to Him, to ask Him for direction. And I absolutely, and I believe this on every level, I'm talking about in your Christian walk, I'm talking about in your family, I'm talking about in your business. Um, I mean, look, in your business, in, 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 the business, in the place where you work, the place where you uh, are employed at, you need to be praying for God's clarity and His direction. Instead of just, you know, doing the natural thing, you need to seek after Him and to seek what He's saying and His guidance and His direction because you're there for a reason. You're there for a reason. And it's more divine than you, than you realize. It's more divine than you realize. And uh, so, you know, I just, I've really had a heart for our business folks and, and, uh, and just for the, the people that uh, work and serve in corporations and businesses. My heart has really been for just to be praying for you all that you have divine direction, divine clarity. Uh, don't be moved. Um, don't be moved by the things you hear. Don't be moved by the things you hear. Say, so, well, I've been hearing all kinds of good stuff about the economy. Let me, let me remind you again. You're under heaven's economy, not the earth's economy. And the heaven's economy is a continual prospering economy. Okay? Now, I, look, I have stocks. I have bonds. I have, you know, investments. I have all that stuff, all right? I have animals that I invest in, and I'm reaping the harvest this week out of some of that. Glory to God. Amen. Fresh bacon. Awesome. But, but, here, but here's the thing. It's under heaven's economy, not under the earthly economy. Because, see, if I've involved God with my tithes and offerings. And when, when I involved God into, my, into the finances, I said, Lord, I'll do what your word says to do, and I bring my tithe and my offering into your house, and what, what, you know, what my tithe is is the 10%, that, and then I bring the offering, which is anything that you're leading me to do, guiding me to do. Uh, Lord, as I do that, I believe that you are divinely involved, and I do that in any business endeavors that I'm in with the farm. 
Uh, I do that with any endeavors that I'm doing personally in business, anything I'm doing with the church in business. We are sowers and givers, because not because the requirement of God, but because we desperately want God in our finances. Desperately. Desperately want God in our finances. I already know what it feels like to not have God in my finances. That's not a good place to be. I grew up without God being involved in our financial life. But I'm telling you what, I have tasted and seen that the Lord is good. Amen? Can you say amen to that today? Praise the Lord. All right, so I want you to turn. I, I'm going to get into this. Uh, last week, if you missed last week, you'll just have to get the information, uh, the podcast up. I saw Greg posted it, and uh, you can go through this. But uh, what I want to share with you today is part two um, of, of, this, uh, of this information about the word that God gave me for 2020, the, what I believe God is going to do. 2020 will be a new door that you've never been through before. It will bring supernatural increase like you have never experienced before. Okay? Supernatural increase like you have never experienced before. See, we as especially charismatic Pentecostals, we have come to believe in the miraculous. Uh, We believe that God does miracles that God does miracles physically. He does physical, you know, healings. I don't know how many of you saw on my uh, Facebook page, Lillian had sent this to me this last week, that a woman with a crippled arm whose arm in, in Africa was all the way up here and how that supernaturally, as they prayed, how that her arm began to drop and how that the bone began to grow between here and here. And, it, and you actually can see it all on video, the whole thing miraculously, and her arm's just hanging there, looks like a normal arm, and when you saw, there's no way you can make your bones do what she had happening there. We believe that. We get excited about that. But listen, just as much as we get excited about the physical miracles that God does, we need to remember that God does financial miracles as well. He does financial miracles. And God isn't opposed to doing miracles in our lives financially. And that's part of what this word is all about, is the supernatural increase that I believe that God is going to be doing for His people this coming year. In fact, I want you to turn with me, if you would, in your uh, Bibles to Psalm 115. Psalm 115. And uh, like I said, if you missed last week, I just encourage you to uh, get online later today and go through that. But I want you to look at Psalm 115 and verse 12. Psalm 115 and verse 12 says, The Lord has been mindful of us, and He will bless us. And He will bless us. Remember that we talked about last week that the word blessing means empowered to prosper, increase, and to succeed. The word blessing means empowered to prosper, increase, and succeed. It's God speaking His will over our lives. And that leads to blessing. Uh, the blessing leads to prospering, increase, Uh, in abundance. So he says that the Lord has been mindful of us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless those. Then he goes on and he says in verse 13, and this is key, he will bless those who fear the Lord, both small and great. So not only if you're not a part, look, if you're, even though we're Abraham's seed, according to the promise of God, 
we, we know that some of this was about the house of Israel and the house of Aaron. But in verse 13, he says, the blessing will contain those who fear the Lord, both small and great. May the Lord, here's what will happen. May the Lord give you increase more and more, you and your children. Everybody say more and more. More and more. You and your children. May you be blessed by the Lord who made heaven and earth. May you be blessed, prospered, successful by the Lord who made heaven and earth. So when we look at this, we see that it talks about increase. But I want you to I want to get some clarity to this because things happen spiritually before they happen naturally, okay? Things have to happen spiritually before they're going to ever happen naturally. I believe there are some spiritual things that are happening in this service that are happening to you that are going to manifest in your life naturally this week. Thanks for those three grunts. I want you to turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 18. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 18, it says this. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Okay? So what we are looking at here is what is not seen. You know, that's what faith is. You know, faith is the substance of things hoped for, according to Hebrews 11.1. 1. It's the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things that are not seen. We don't see it, but we know that it's ours. Before things can happen on the outside of you, they have to happen on the inside of you. Okay? True lasting change begins on the inside. It's a change of heart, a change of attitude. You know, going back to what I talked about earlier in 2 Chronicles there where he said, look, if my people that are called by my name will humble themselves, that's internal. That's an attitude towards God. And turn. When we humble ourselves, we turn from our wicked ways. You can't reverse the two and say, turn from your wicked ways and you'll be humble. No, you have to come in humility and that will cause you to always turn from your wicked ways. Some of you are looking at me funny, but it's true anyways. Because we don't look at the things which are seen. Now, does that mean that we don't pay attention to what's happening? It, look, it doesn't mean that at all. But what we are looking at is something that is not seen. You know, when you watch the news, you get to see what is seen. Now, everybody can see that. But what about the people that see something that everybody else can't see? You know, you watch the government, you think it's all in chaos right now. On the outside, it looks like it's in chaos. But here's the thing. Is that what we're looking at? Because that's temporary. Can I tell you that government has been in chaos, is in chaos, and guess what? Will be in chaos. The world economy has had problems, is having problems, and will have problems. But here's the good news. All that is temporary as long as there are people that are looking at what is not seen. 
Because when there's people looking at what's not seen, they're making a declaration over their life. They're making a declaration over their nation. And they're making a declaration over the finances in this world. And they're saying something different. They're not going downstream with everyone else. They're making a bold declaration that this is what the word of the Lord says. Now, I don't have time to go to this today, but when you go to look at, you, you take this opportunity on your own time, but when you look at the story in the book of Ezekiel about how that Ezekiel, when he came in, was confronted with a challenge, and God said, Ezekiel, can these dry bones live? And he looked over the whole valley, and these bone, there were bones, isn't it like 37, I think, chapter 37? And the bone was, the valley was full of bones. And he says, this is the whole house of Israel. He said, can they live again? And here's how Ezekiel responded back. He said, oh Lord, you know. Oh Lord, you know. See, that's where people are in the church right now because they're saying, well, God, whatever your will is. Look, God has already declared what his will is. He's already said it. The problem is he can't get his people to say it. Because when you read that whole testimony in Ezekiel 37, he says, can these bones live? He says, oh, Lord, you know. And God says to Ezekiel, Ezekiel, prophesy to the bones and tell them to live. Now, if you were watching the news, they would just tell you about all the dead bones that are there. Right? All the dead bones. Oh, look how bad it is. It's horrible. It's like one of the worst devastations that's ever happened. And they'll do it in a 24-hour cycle, and then they'll do it the next day. And as long as you keep watching it, they'll keep doing it. But what God told Ezekiel was, is look, stop looking to me to fix this problem and open up your mouth and begin to prophesy to it and tell those bones. Listen, dead stuff, hear the word of the Lord. That's exactly what he said. Dead bones, hear. This is God's verdict or edict to us. Tell the deadness of your life, hear the word of the Lord. It's time to tell those bones to live. It's time to tell them to come together. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Mm. Why? Because we don't look at the things that are seen. Now, do we bury our head in the sand? That isn't even close to what I'm saying. But what we can learn from it is, is that you can pretty much take whatever's being said and just start declaring the exact opposite of it. We look at the things that are not seen. Everything we see is temporary, but the things that are not seen, they are eternal. I want you to go with me to John chapter 6, if you would. John chapter 6. Now remember, I'm talking about supernatural increase. We'll start with verse 1. Is everybody doing all right? Now you might say, well, I don't like what you said. Get over it. Amen. We got, look, I'm just trying to help you. 
I'm in sales, not management. You got a problem, you take it up with the manager. Yeah, right? I'm just telling you what he told me to tell you. So this is a very well-known testimony. This is after these things, Jesus went over to the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias, and a great multitude followed him because they saw his signs, which he performed on those who were diseased. And Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. Now the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was near, and Jesus lifted up his eyes, and seeing a great multitude coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread that these may eat? Now watch Philip's response. And he said this to test him, for he himself knew exactly what he was going to do. So the Lord is trying to get out in the, out in the open here, okay? I want all you guys to see what you really believe. Okay? Are you with me? So he knew what he was going to do all along, but he said this so that he could test them. Verse 7. And Philip said, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them that every one of them might have a little. I want you to notice the mindset that Philip has here. Everybody would just get a little. Everybody would just get a little. Okay, so, so look, in his mind, when he is brought with this issue, all he's thinking about is some kind of socialist idea that everybody just gets enough, a little. And that is not what Jesus had planned. Now, when you look down a little bit further, I want you to look down in, your, in the verses here. And in verse, um, I want you to look at verse uh, 10. And Jesus said, make the people sit down now. And there was much grass in the place. So the men sat down in number about 5,000. And Jesus, now that's just the men. Now we don't know how many women were there. And we do not know how many children were there. But we can assume that there was quite a bit there. So there's more than 5,000 people represented here. So he took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples, the disciples of those sitting down, and likewise of the fish, as much as they wanted. And so, look at verse 12. And so they were filled. What did Philip say? Give them a little. And the Lord said, fill them up. Give them just enough, just a little. And God said, Jesus said, no, we're going to fill them up. Now watch what happens. So when they were filled, he said to his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain so that nothing is lost. Therefore, they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets with the fragments of the barley loaves, which were left over by those who had eaten. So not only did the people get filled, the baskets got filled. Now they got supply to last them however long they're going to need that. Here's here's the thing that God wants to say to us out of these verses. When we have a scarcity mindset, and this is a big term right now. You can look, Psychology Today just had a huge article on this. The scarcity mindset. That we think in a scarcity that there's not enough, or we, you know, we shouldn't have too much, or we shouldn't be too blessed, or we shouldn't have too much wealth, or we shouldn't have that. Look, all of that is a scarcity mindset. 
that we're always, the, the, the danger of it, just that, you know, that we are self-creating our own scarcity. We're creating it. And God is saying to us, I want to fill you. I don't have a scarcity. You know, when you talk to God, God isn't going, I'll just give you enough. If I remember right, he's El Shaddai, which means more than enough. He's more than enough. You say, well, pastor, it just sounds like you're, you're just preaching about money and you're talking about, you know, be, and that, that's going to lead to greed. That says more about you than it does about God. Look, you can be poor and be greedy. Wealth has nothing to do with it. You give wealth to a person who, who has a scarcity mindset, they'll diminish all the wealth. It'll all be gone. Because they'll create it with their own mouth. They'll create it with their own vision. They'll create it with their own actions. They'll begin, and what we have to face is that, look, the problem has nothing to do with the economy that we live in, the nation that we live in. It has nothing to do with the government that we have. It has everything to do with the kingdom that we look toward. Why did Jesus say this? Seek first my kingdom, and all these things will be added to you. <laughs> Why did he say that? All the things you need will be added to you. All the things you need will be added to you. you. Say, well, does God want me to be prosperous? Oh, yeah. Does God want me to be rich? Mm -hmm. I believe that. I totally, absolutely believe that. God wants you to have so much that you have enough to make it to the end of this life and pass it on to the rest of your family. But it's our own scarcity mindset that we create, that we, has been created. And I'm going to tell you who it is. It's the devil. Let me mark it right now. Scarcity comes from the adversary who came to steal. That's your wealth. Kill your future. Because when someone's killed, you'd pretty much their future's gone, right? And destroy whatever you've got. The thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Jesus said... I have come that you could barely get along. No, I've come that you could have abundance. Abundance. I believe abundance is that you're debt free. Amen. I believe the abundance is, is that your, your retirement is fully funded. Can I get a good amen? I, I believe that abundance is, is that you can drive a car that's paid for. Everybody say paid for that you can pay cash for what, and you don't have to drive. I didn't look in the parking lot to see who's driving what, but you didn't. You not have to drive something that a magnet couldn't even pick up. Huh? Fully stocked, fully funded, fully taken care of, prospering in everything that you set your hand to, just like the Bible says. You say, well, Pastor, what has to happen for that? What has to happen? you got to get rid of the scarcity mindset. It's a trap. You know, remember Star Wars? That's a big line. It's a trap. That's what scarcity is. It's a trap. 
I mean, I heard Christians years and years ago, we used to sing this song. Oh, God, just give me a cabin in glory land. That's all I need. And God's going, what in the world is wrong with you? That's not humility. Just give me enough that I could. No, God says be content. There's a big difference between having a bunch and being content. I'm content with what I have, but my vision says more's coming. So how do we prosper? How do we increase? How do we, how do we get into that place? Listen to this. Uh, this is Psalm 37, verse 18 through 19. Uh, this is out of the New Living Translation. It says, Day by day the Lord takes care of the innocent, and they will receive an inheritance that lasts forever. Verse 19, they will not be disgraced in hard times. Well, Pastor, I heard a recession's coming. Well, Pastor, I heard that we could go in the great... Well, look, they will not be disgraced in hard times. Even in famine, they'll have more than enough. So that brings me to Genesis 26. And if you're writing this down, Genesis 26, God spoke to... Um, he spoke to Isaac and told him to stay in Gerar in a time of famine. And everybody else went down to Egypt. Now, they went down to Egypt because that's where everybody went under Abraham when there was a famine. But God told Isaac, he said, stay in the land. Stay where you're at. Stay put. Don't move. Don't let circumstances control your decision making. He said, stay where you are. He said, and I will bless you. Now, he did not tell Isaac what to do. He didn't say, now go plant a garden and I'll give you a hundredfold. Because here's the thing, God will never tell you everything because he is a God that moves by faith. And so you're going to have to believe what he said. So he told Isaac, he said, stay, right? Stay. Don't do what everybody else is doing. Stay where you're at. And Isaac then, based off of God saying, I will bless you, he did what, was, what he needed to do, and that was he planted a field. Now, when you're in the land of famine and everybody's talking about, don't do this, it's bad, it's not going to work, it's, it, we're not going to get any water, everything's going to fail, you're not thinking about planting seed. So I'm sure there was a lot of ridicule that went with him uh, doing this. But he planted, and the Scripture says that when he planted, that he, um, that he reaped a hundredfold he reaped a hundredfold. Most people, according to the Jewish writers, the best they could do was 50-fold. In good times. 50 times what they had planted. He gets a hundred times what he had planted, all right? Now, and it says that he prospered and that he even became more prosperous. So there's three things that he had going for him, and you need these three things. One, you need a word from God. You need a word from God. Two, you've got to have a point of contact. And three, you have to take action. All right? Because faith without works is, it's dead. All right? Faith without, work, faith without works is dead. So if there's no works, that, if there's no corresponding action to what you believe, then it's, it's dormant, it's dead, it's just, it's just there, but it's not taking you anywhere. So you have to have three things. So you have to have a word from God, and uh, you have to have a point of contact. Now, point of contact, is, is, it, to me, is a, is a really important thing. For him, his point of contact that he create, had in this was is that he decided to plant seed in the ground. 
The point of contact for the woman with the issue of blood, when she was struggling with the disease in her body, her point of contact was that when she said, when I touch the hem of his garment. That was her point of contact, okay? Why did she say that? Well, I, you know, that's what she felt like she could do. That's what she felt like she needed to do. She was taking, and then she took action. She got there to the hem of his garment and touched him. She had a word from the Lord because in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, it says that this was commonly reported about Jesus, how God had anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all those who were oppressed of the devil because God was with him. This was commonly reported. This is what Bartimaeus heard. This is what others heard. And when they heard that word, they thought, if Jesus, that's why Bartimaeus screamed as loud as he did, because when his opportunity was passing by, he knew his healing was passing by. And he needed to make contact with his healing. So you have to have a point of contact. So, sowing is vital to you and I being able to experience continual increase in our life. Kenneth Copeland said this, I thought it was so powerful. What you have is worth more as a seed than it is in your possession. What you have is worth more as a seed than it is in your possession. So I'm going to give you a point of contact this morning. Now, look, I, I didn't prep anybody. I didn't say I'm, I, and if you don't do anything, that's entirely up to you. The Lord dealt with me this week in my prayer time. This was one of the things I was seeking the Lord about. Greg Weiner had come to me uh, probably about a month ago, I'm guessing. Wasn't it, Greg? I don't, about a month ago. And he said, Pastor, have you ever thought about doing something for the widows in the church? And, um, and I said, well, I said, no, but I said, you know what? I, I bear witness with that. And uh, I said, so I'm going to pray. And I did. And uh, I said, Lord, I don't know how we can do that because there's, you know, it's just there's complications with doing stuff for people that you just take money from the church and give it to people that aren't on staff or, you know, just doing that. There are complications legally with that. So... Anyways, I started praying, and the Lord told me the, yesterday morning, He says, I want you to set up a widow's fund. And I want you to set it up, and I want you just to tell the people that they can give today into that widow's fund, and then as the Spirit leads, because not all widows need help financially. Some do, some don't. Some have family that are helping them, others don't, you know, that have family. The Bible tells us that pure religion is just that we would help the or take care of the orphans and the widows, right? That that's honorable. God looks at that and goes, yeah, that's cool, good, yeah. But not all of them need help. Do you understand what I'm saying? But, so I'm just using this as a point of contact. So what I want to do is, is that um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use that as my point, our point of contact. Now, the word that's a word from the Lord. I believe supernatural increase, the word that I shared with you, that 2020 is going to be a supernatural increase in your life. I'm not telling you what to sow. I'm not telling you anything. I'll tell you what I'm going to give. I'm putting $300 in that account today. So if that's all we have is $300, then we'll find a way to bless a widow with $300. And I'm going to get blessed because of obedience. Now, 
We'll set this fund up. It's only for our church. We're not helping widows everywhere. This is just for widows that we would deal with here that might be in need. There's our point of contact. Now, I have found when God gives you a point of contact, if you take action on it, supernatural increase comes very, very quickly. I remember Verna Schloniger telling me one time, you know, Verna's in heaven now, but Verna said to me, I need you to pray for me. I'm going to sow a seed today. And she says, I want you to pray for me that these medical bills that I'm dealing with, they'll go away. That I don't, or I'll have the money to pay them. And she had big ones. It wasn't like just a little bit. So she sowed in that offering. We laid hands on her. I agreed with her where her faith was at. So Monday morning, when she got her mail, there was an envelope in the mail from the hospital, and inside it had her bill, and it had debt canceled on it. Amen. See, let, let me tell you, you want to know something cool about God? God already knows what you're going to do. God already knows what you're going to do. See, stuff's already in motion because he already knows what you're going to do. You're just going to take action today. You say, well, how much? I, I don't care. Listen to the Lord. Listen, hear what God has to say, okay? Just, but that's your point of contact. Now, what I'm going to do is anybody that comes up and gives in this offering, I will pray over you today in agreement with you for supernatural increase. That's my plan, okay? So I got my check right here. I made it out. I had to get permission from my wife to do it. <laughs> what? Isn't that wrong with that, right? I, wait. Permission. No, I meant agreement. That's what I was trying to say. I'm sorry. She might be watching. <laughs> but I have found it's always easier to ask for, for, for forgiveness than it is for permission. I don't know if you found... <laughs> Let me have, um, yeah. Well, we got these big, we're going to need a big one, I think. So I'm going to ask, if you're a widow here today, I want you to come up and lay hands on me as I'm praying over this, as I'm putting my seed in. So come on, if you're a widow here today. Widow, widower, you're a widower, right? Come on up here, Hank. Amen. I want you guys to lay hands on me, and then I'm going to lay hands on everybody else, okay? Is everybody doing okay? Everybody understand what we're doing? Point of contact, right? Point of, we got a word from God. We got a point of contact. That's how increase comes. You in a famine, here's how you get out of it. You look at what's not seen. You can see the famine. You deal with it every day. Come on over here, Nancy. All right? Come on. Come on, Lynn. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, put your hand on me, please. Father, in the name of Jesus, I sow this. Now you all start praying for me for blessing. Thank you for increase. Father, I thank you. I receive that in the name of Jesus. As we respond to the word of the Lord today. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Thank you, ladies. God bless you. Awesome. Sir. Thank you. Amen. All right, stand up if you know what you're doing. These all go to AGC or AG or whatever. You stand over here. And I'm going to pray. We're going to dismiss this way, so if you're looking for a way to get out, this is the way to get out, all right? <laughs>
Father God, I thank you today we have your word. Thank you you've spoken. Father God, I thank you, Lord God, that as we respond to your word, that, Lord God, that there is supernatural increase. I believe 2020, new doors are opening. Lord, I thank you for that. There are new people that we're going to meet. There are people that you will bring into our lives, Lord God. Father, and I thank you for that. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Let's all go this way, come this way, and I'll pray over you this way. And uh, God bless you. Have a great day.